to A Texan's View of the World with your host, Jeb Bashaw. Howdy, my name is Jeb Bashaw, and this is my podcast, A Texan's View of the World. A special thanks to all my frequent listeners, and welcome to those who are joining us for the first time. I truly appreciate your support. Remember, we can be found on Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, and Apple iTunes. I hope you'll share my podcast with your friends and family. Today, I want to share my thoughts about small towns. If any of you follow me on my Facebook, you know I enjoy running banter with my good friend Sam Greer about big towns versus small towns, or cities versus towns. Sam operates on the mistaken theory that cities are where the action is, the GDP, that small-town folk just don't get it. Well, Sam is a wonderful friend, dad, father, brother, and son. We were raised near each other, but Sam was on the rich side of town, and we were all shaped by our upbringing. Sam is a full-blown liberal now living in Austin, working for the community college as a fancy professor. Sometimes he can't even be honest with himself. He thinks he's a moderate, whatever the hell that is. I'm always reminded of the adage about moderates. If you have one foot in boiling water and one foot in freezing water, on average, you're comfortable. I suspect that's the way moderates feel. Never really comfortable because they spend so much time bending their logic in ways to make it sound like sense when they're trying to talk to someone who shares their views. One of my favorites is, I'm against fossil fuels, but I want to drive an electric car, which of course is fueled by electricity made by fossil fuels. I grew up in Bel Air, Texas before Bel Air was cool and gentrified. When I grew up, all my friends were in FFA. Do you even know what that is? Future Farmers of America. Folks like Mike Schrader and Joe DeMare raised pigs and calves. They went to the barn every day for a year in hopes of selling that animal at the county sale to make enough money to cover their costs and do it all over again the next year. See, you can't feed animals every other day or every third day. It's an everyday thing. And that's where you get a work ethic. I didn't go to school with them, but they were older kids in the neighborhood, and they were nice enough to take me along. We would ride out and Mike stepped side forward that he worked tirelessly on to keep spit shine clean. We'd listen to the radio. Back then, all we had was an AM radio, and we'd sing along. Then we would feed his pig and just sit on the tailgate telling stories, drinking Dr. Pepper until it was time to go home. Guys and girls from the ag farm would stop by. We'd watch the sunset. Frankly, it was a pretty darn good life. I don't remember much about those conversations, but I do remember they were honest. They were heartfelt. Not much bullshit. Well, a little bullshit. But that's what growing up in a small town meant. Bel Air probably had fifteen or 20,000 people back then. All of us lived in post-World War II housing. Our house at 4509 Birch was about 1,300 square feet. It was what was called a two-one-and-a-half. That means two bedrooms, one full bath, and one half bath. Today, if you're in a rich part of town like Tanglewood or River Oaks or Memorial, you'd call that half bath a powder room. But in Bel Air in 1970, it was a half bath. That's where my brother and I went to the restroom, brushed our teeth, and occasionally crossed swords. When we got a little older, Mom had the breezeway converted in by our neighborhood, Frank Bardenhagen. A breezeway is a running area that's covered by roof between the house and the garage. 
Hank was a local fireman who did side job construction work to make extra money. I'm not even sure if Hank pulled a permit on that job. One day he just showed up, put a wall on one end and a sliding door on the other, and we had a new den. That made the old den our new bedroom. That room was probably 12 by 24, and it was great. My brother and I both took a side of that room. and As we got older, we wanted our own room. So we would use sheets and push pins to make a wall to keep the other brother out of our stuff. You know what stuff is, right? It's your baseball mitt, your trading cards, your tools, a rock you found in the neighborhood, whatever. But it was your stuff. And so I had school friends and public school friends. The school friends went with me to Holy Ghost Parochial School. And that was our parish, too. Holy Ghost and our mascot was the Holy Ghost Rams. Famous Rams include John Brardy and Jenny Gibson, Stephanie Ross and Matt Brown, Paul Garcia and Steve Morocco, and Pat Sacamano. My public friends were Scott Gray and Randy Gray, Taryn Wilson and Mike Schroeder and Danny Cullison. It was so fun. Because Catholic school drew from a larger geography, the two groups rarely interconnected. Our other neighbors were Cindy and Charlie Weiss and their kids, Bobby and Karen. They were the cool parents. They weren't as old as our parents, but were great fun. My across-the-street neighbor, who was older, was Dennis Sword, and our down-the-street neighbor was Rick Brock. They were super cool older boys. I remember all these names and faces like it was yesterday. That's what small-town America was all about and is all about. As I look out today, there's not much of that in the 770 SIP codes anymore. The town or city of Bel Air is nothing but mega mansions. My mom and dad spent $16,000 on that house in 1969. Today, there's probably not a car on that street that's worth less than $16,000. Bel Air still has an FFA, but I'm sure it's not the same. But I hope it is, and I hope the kids are still having fun. I hope FFA hasn't been politically corrected. I'm pretty sure there's still only two genders in the world, a steer and a heifer, a bull and a cow, a sow and a boar, a chicken and a rooster. So the one thing this COVID mess has created is an opportunity to reflect. Where do we come from? Where are we now? How do we get here? And where are we going? Well, life sure seems a lot more complicated. We can't agree on how many genders there are. We can't agree on what marriage is. Some people think the color of their skin makes their life more than other folks' lives, and some think city folk are smarter than country folk. So in quick order, let me help you out. The answers are two, a man and a woman joined by God, not a government certificate, all lives matter, and no, city folk are not smarter. That's why they're all living, leaving the cities. In fact, they're actually a little slow to the party. Now, I didn't just make this up. It says so in the Bible. That's a fact. Genesis one twenty seven, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. That's it. There's no choice C, and the Bible trumps CNN analyst every time. On marriage, it too is biblical. The only reason the state gives, quote, marriage licenses is to collect a user tax. That's it. But marriage is between a man and a woman. Genesis continues. Be fruitful and multiply. Two men and two women cannot be fruitful and multiply. That's a fact. All the CNN and People magazine stories about a man who wants to become a woman to have babies 
are all nonsense. It ain't going to happen. The Bible also says in Corinthians, do everything in love. So if you want to love someone, love them. But you can't be in a marriage. You can have a civil union or whatever the state will sell you a certificate for. But marriage predated bureaucracies by, well, probably about five minutes if you think about it. And that's a good segue to this idea that the color of your skin makes a difference. It doesn't matter to God. God created us all in his image. There's no black God or white God, brown God or green God. Leave it alone. He has got this. And finally, country folks and city folks. Why in the hell would you want to live near other folks in the city, like in New York City or Chicago or Houston or L.A.? It's kind of funny. Country folks have been doing social distancing since the beginning of time. Amazing how city folk figured out if you don't want to get sick, don't squeeze in next to sick people. My cousin Buck Hamilton grew up in Stoll, Texas, which is zip code 77661. The highlights of my summers were going to spend time in Stoll and working on the rice farm with his mom and dad, Podgy and Mabel. I don't know how big their place was, but it was wide open, and I loved it. Buck joined the Army, served his country, and came home after Vietnam. And I guess he thought Stoll, which probably had a population of about 2,000, was too crowded, so he moved to a town called Bruny, Texas, which is near Laredo, and it probably has 300 people. As time has moved on, he went further to a place called Balmoray, near Pecos. And now he has a place even farther west, in Marathon, Texas. I'm not saying Buck doesn't like to be crowded, but he sure seems smart to me. He keeps moving west. In fact, I think Buck may be the smartest guy I know. City folks seem to be getting smaller places. In fact, today, most apartments or houses, they don't need a living room or a dining room. They just need a sleeping room and a TV room and a bathroom. They don't even need a tub, just a shower. Life on the go, got to keep moving. When was the last time you took a long hot bath with a book or with some good country music playing and the lights down low? I got to tell you, there's nothing more relaxing than soaking in a hot tub. You just can't hurry that. It's like country life. It has a rhythm all to its own. And there's nothing more beautiful and romantic than a woman stretched out in one of those old clawfoot tubs, candles burning, her hair hanging down over the side, with her neck resting on the towel. But I digress. So, COVID says we're supposed to wash our hands, wear a mask, and stay away from each other. Hmm. That sounds great except for the mask part. The only people who wear masks are people who are trying to hide something, except for the Lone Ranger, who I love. So that's why my old friend Sam and I have so much fun bantering. He wants to live in a city with two million. He wants to be surrounded by people who think just like he does. And he thinks that GDP is worth having and fighting for. And that when the world comes to an end, somehow the GDP score is going to be important. Well, I don't. GDP is a measurement, not an accomplishment. Growing crops like a farmer in Montana is an accomplishment. You have everything working against you, and you still make it happen. Weather, drought, rain, pestilence, animals, pesticides, falling prices, rising prices. Being successful in that environment, that's an accomplishment. Raising pigs like Mike Schrader did in Bel Air in 1974, that's an accomplishment. While going to school and working, 
and coming back from Vietnam and starting a beef operation in Bruni or Balmarais or Marathon, that's an accomplishment. There are two kinds of people in this world, those that make it happen and those that watch it happen. You see, the folks in the big city to me are the ones that watch it happen. They watch it on TV. They form their opinions. They wait to be told what to do and when to do it and how to do it. But the folks on the farm, they make it happen. They don't have the luxury of going to Walgreens to buy masks. They are too busy doing it to worrying about watching stickers on a floor tell you that you're six feet apart or hanging plastic at the fast food space so no one coughs on the glass or washing their hands because, frankly, they were already washing their hands before and after every meal, before and after every restroom break, and before they went to bed at night so they could close their hands in prayer and be thankful for all the gifts God had given them. So as you watch these folks depart from the cities in the next 12 months, ask yourself, why are the supposed smartest people in the world, why has it taken them so long to figure it out? What is it about them that makes it so hard to understand the obvious? Because to me, the only difference between slavery in a plantation and slavery in a cubicle is geography. I'm glad to have our little place of heaven in the country. Our place is about 88 miles door-to-door from our home in the city, and we don't get there often enough. But it's not just being in the country. It's the people, the way they see life, the way they find the right, simple answer, not the hard, complicated, frankly, difficult answer. Life really isn't that difficult. We just try to make it so. Recently, my wife and I opened an office in Giddings, Texas, which is where our ranch is. And we wanted to be up there because we're spending more time up there, probably largely due to COVID. And we joined the Chamber of Commerce, and we've supported the Lions Club and a few other groups. And you won't find better people than them. The head of the Chamber of Commerce is a woman named Denise Harlan. She's been there 15 years. And she does everything she can to make Giddings and Giddings economic development a reality. And when she offered to have a ribbon cutting for our new business, it was so exciting. Because it truly was people coming out to support one another. We had Joe Lopez from Lopez's Auto Repair. We had Brian Fisher and Tim Langham, who are two local builders, who actually built my house and great, great people. They employ a tremendous number of people in the community. There was the Pratt Pharmacy folks. They came over to say hi. There were the folks from the oil and gas business who came in to have a drink and a sandwich. It was just a great, great evening. And we ended up meeting and making new friends all along. But those people weren't there because we had anything for them or they had anything for us. They were there because they wanted to support their community. As I sat there for a couple hours talking to the plethora of business people, entrepreneurial folks who make their living in Giddings, Texas, I realized something that's different about people in small towns versus people in big towns. And maybe it's an overgeneralization, but when you look at what small town and small town America is, Those people are genuinely interested in you and what you're doing. They're not looking over your shoulder at a party to see if there's someone more important they should be talking to. They actually listen. And I think that's why they're successful. And that's why we're so excited to be part of that community. So friends, if you have the time, get in the car and drive 50 miles in any direction this weekend. Stop in at a cafe like Royer's Roundtop or somewhere else close by. Have a chicken fried steak and a glass of sweet tea or a piece of apple pie with some bluebell ice cream. Listen to what the folks at the next table are talking about. I'm not asking you to eavesdrop, 
But just listen to the patois of country living. You'll find your heart filled with gratitude and your smile return to your face. And don't forget as you're out there doing that, most of all, always remember that no matter what's going on, there's always a brighter future for us. Yesterday is history, tomorrow's a mystery, and today is a gift from God, which is why we call it the present. My name is Jeb Bashaw, and this is my podcast, A Texan's View of the World.